재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time it is? 그립방 아빠의 안타까운 웃음이 Well, as you know, a lot's been going on today. Uh, first of all, some court decisions. The Seoul court refusing to allow special prosecutors to search the Blue House, essentially saying that this is not within uh, a legal question that they feel they need to address, meaning that any probe will not include any uh, extraction of evidence from c h a n g w a d e So uh, a direct interrogation of the president would be next on the agenda. Uh, it does not look like the uh, president is uh, willing or able to do so. Uh, we also have uh, the issue of Kim Jong-nam and his assassination and what that means to the political establishment. And also, of course, this uh, uh, back and forth between these uh, presidential hopefuls. To give us some analysis, very pleased to have joining us from Pugyeong University, political science and diplomacy professor Cha Jae-gwan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us once again, Professor Cha. Uh, First, the assassination of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's half-brother. Do you feel that national security is now a major issue in the presidential race? And do you think Kim Jong-nam's assassination will affect the election landscape? Yeah, actually, it was like striking and very surprising news to me. But uh, I don't think the, this case will uh, may will affect that much in uh, for our like a presidential election race, because in fact, the national security issue has always been one of the most influential issues in almost every single elections in Korea. So the most outstanding case was the. Uh, Chananam case, as you know, uh, Chananam case actually happened during the uh, uh, local election period. At that time, uh, almost all election experts expected, including me, uh, that it would seriously affect the electoral outcomes favorable to the conservative Hanara party at that time. However, it wasn't that case. In reality, the Hanara party actually lost the election despite of the so-called Bukpung, because it means the north wind caused by the Chananam case. Also, there seems to be a clear tendency for the conservative party and politicians to use a national security issue as a leverage mm-hmm. for their electoral victory. However, real outcomes always didn't seem to satisfy their desires very well. A few recent elections actually showed that voters didn't pay much attention to such kind of uh, national security issues for their electoral choice. Some survey research also gave an evidence that uh, even supporters for the conservative party didn't have uh, that much uh, concern about the national security issue as a conservative party or politicians always expected. So there seems to be no reason for the assassination of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's half-brothers to affect the presidential race at this, po- at this point, and even further. Uh, this case seems to be, uh, to me, a lot different from the Chananam case, mm-hmm. 
which is supposed to be more serious case in terms of national security. If so, how could it be the case? At this point, to me, there seems to be no way though the liberal Korea, Korea party, Jaiyuhangukdang, and the, the Baran party uh, wish to get some advantages from this uh, assassination case. That's my answer. Right. Well, speaking of the party that is enjoying the most popularity by yeah. far right now, the Democratic Party, uh, well over 40% in, in most of the recent polls, the highest uh, they've ever uh, yeah, yeah, right. been. Uh, they have started their uh, primary race, this uh, so-called Electoral College, uh, 210,000 registered voters just on the first day alone. It's really been a huge marketing success uh, for this. Uh, what was your immediate reaction? Do you think the uh, number of ap- applicants could exceed 2 million? Yeah, possibly, because I mean, in the 18th presidential election, the opposition Democratic Party, at that time, the official party actually name was the United Democratic Party, actually held, they held the same kind of the party's primary race by recruiting more than 1.8 million electorate. So among them, more than 600,000 electorates went to the ballot. It's almost like 50% of the registered electoral colleges. It was really, at that time, we thought that it was a really huge amount of people, like the electoral colleges. But in fact, while the UDP was recruiting its electoral college, they expected more than 2 million people would join the electoral college. But they paid, actually, because at that time, presidential primary race, the candidate Moon was really overwhelming. Mm. And also, he dominated other candidates, such as Jung Se-gyun, Kim Du-gwan, and Son Akyu, and so on. However, in this 19th presidential election, the situation is totally different. Uh, I can say that carefully, the number of the electoral colleges is highly likely to go beyond 1.5 million and thus go further approximately 2 million because of the following uh, reasons. First reason is Governor An and Mayor Lee has a significant portion of the supporters, not only within the party, but also among the electoral colleges. The presence of the strong competitors challenging the front-runner moon may stimulate people's concern about the party's primary days and thus may promote people's participation to the electoral college. The second reason is that compared to the 18th presidential election, this 19th presidential election has absolutely different atmosphere in light of the candlelight protest and the presidential impeachment case. Mm-hmm. Such differences may guide more people to the party primary ballot since average people really want to change the nation through the election. The third uh, reason is uh, simple. The institutional adoption of the runoff system in the primary days may provide a higher possibility of getting more people involved in the race because the election is more, gives more fun to participate in that election. That's my answer. Yeah, and in regards to that, I think we can cautiously say that this Democratic Party primary may actually be the actual presidential election because whoever wins this would be uh, uh, most likely the favorite uh, heading into the general election. Moon Jae-in has now, as you say, a challenger in uh, Chungcheong Governor 
An Hee-jung, yeah. uh, and yeah. he has been rising rapidly in the polls, narrowing the gap. It seems like he's talking more in terms of being a general election candidate with his uh, uh, gestures toward conservatives and moderates. But what challenges do you think he has in the primary? Do you think he has a chance to win the primary? Yeah, why not? Actually, yes, the, as you told, Governor An is uh, in really good atmosphere so far. However, he must be careful at this stage because he has many shortcomings within his own party rather than outside the party. Right. Outside, in outside party, he's quite good, uh, do very well, but not inside the party. I think to win the party uh, primary, he must overcome a couple of things. First, he must overcome the bandwagon effect of the frontrunner moon before it turns out to be really overwhelming. Uh, to do so, Governor An has to make not only the registered electorate college, but also party members convinced that Governor An himself would be much more competitive in the final presidential election than Mr. Moon against the ruling party candidates, no matter who will stand against him. To do so, he has to quickly narrow the gap of approval rate up to almost identical level with Mr. Moon's approval rate. The, the third thing is that Governor Ahm must persuade party members and the electorate college to clearly understand his grand coalition ideas and why it is quintessential for winning the election. Up to this point, in my opinion, he doesn't seem to be that much successful to do so. In order to win the runoff election, he also he or, uh, he also uh, has to overcome their animosity. Means that the mayor Lee's electorate animosity mm. against him because I mean because they don't like Governor Ansel's relatively neutral position. So mayor Lee's supporters will be highly likely to move to Mr. Moon rather than the Governor An. This one must be overcome. Otherwise, there is no way for uh, Governor An to overcome the uh, Mr. Moon's like uh, uh, personal position. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a fascinating development, of course, and uh, uh, he has certainly broadened the appeal of the party overall, and I guess uh, that is in the long term a uh, benefit to the Democratic Party. I wish we could talk about this in more detail, but unfortunately we did run out of time. Professor Chai, as always, Sorry. a pleasure to yeah, have yeah. you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Let's get some legal analysis as well as political analysis on what's been going on in the courts. A very, very busy day. And uh, helping us out, as always, our good friend from Hongik University, law professor Choi Gyeong. Hello. Hello, Henry. Hello to you, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just let's quickly get through some of these decisions that were made today. Uh, the uh, independent counsel's team, they had a request uh, to search uh, this was rejected by the uh, Seoul Administrative Court. I think you need to explain because we're confused because uh, the uh, Korean legal terms of kaka and kiga because they chose kaka, meaning that this they just felt this was not a legal question that uh, they they felt that they needed to answer. Right. So it was a dismissal, and what it is is um, actually it wasn't that um, they were. Uh, 
refusing the order to or request to search the premises. So basically, the special prosecution team had already put in a request to the Blue House to search and see, um, make a search and seizure on the premises of the Blue House, and the Blue House had refused that. And so, the special prosecution decided that refusal constituted an administrative action which was inappropriate, basically an ultra vires administrative action, and they challenged this administrative action, which is the refusal by the Blue House to allow a search of the Blue House to the administrative court. And the court basically said, look, sorry, this just simply doesn't constitute a legal question. You don't have a standing to bring this uh, this request to the court. And so basically what they said was, you can't um, make this refusal into an ad- administrative action. Um, mm. You may think that you might have grounds to argue that, but it simply doesn't make it so. That was basically what they were saying, from my understanding. Right, and, and it does now... Uh, does that make sense? <laughs> I, I, I believe so, because it really now just renders any possible raid on the Blue House uh, impossible, at least for the duration of this special probe's term. And and so they... Right, they, I, I always thought... Yes, I, I always thought that this move by the special prosecution was a highly risky one um, and, and a highly creative one because um, it was a bit of a stretch mm-hmm. to basically constitute a refusal by the Blue House to allow the search of the premises as an administrative action because usually you have to you know, have some kind of ground um, in an administrative law to be able to constitute an, an administrative order. But it was, you know, what they had to do to continue to put pressure on the Blue House and their gambit essentially didn't work. Uh, and as you say, this was really the last legal, I think, avenue that they had um, ace up their sleeve in order to, you know, pile pressure on the Blue House to open up the um, the premises and, and, and for the court to actually, you know, make a legal an order to do so, but right. obviously that didn't work. And so I don't know where else they can go now. Um, and it seems that, that this, a search of the Blue House is now off the table. They probably baked that decision in, as you say, it was a risky move, but it was a creative move. Uh, one decision that they are awaiting right now that uh, they definitely do want to get uh, a positive ruling on is this second arrest warrant request for Samsung Vice Chairman Lee Jae-yong. They went through seven hours of hearings. Uh, the, the judge is now going to make his decision. We know that Choi Yeon, the, uh, the judge for the first uh, hearing, did deny the arrest warrant. Uh, it seems like people chastened by that decision are now, if before we saw, okay, maybe 50-50 as to whether this arrest warrant actually will be issued. I'm, I'm hearing more pessimistic voices from legal experts. I wonder where you stand on where, what your prospects are as to this judge's decision. Yeah, this was possibly the um, longest, uh, you know, hearing for um, an arrest of this kind, mm-hmm. almost double the duration um, as the first hearing. And the thing is, you know, judging by normal standards, it's actually difficult to um, understand why the first, uh, you know, um, request to arrest Mr. Lee was refused. And now um, the special prosecution team had conducted further uh, investigation for the last three weeks, compiled more evidence, including 
a secret contract mm-hmm. um, to purchase this this uh, you know thoroughbred um, Vladimir, or, right? Or Chongyura, yeah. Vladimir, right? Um, and so they are essentially sort of making this into um, uh, not just um, uh, you know dereliction of duties, but also embezzlement um, on the part of the company and you know, trying to connect Mr. Lee as the the head of the whole the company right. to this um, thing. But I do wonder if they, you know, have a smoking gun as such to mm. be able to overcome the hurdle that the court had um, put before them in the first um, hearing or the first the result of the first arrest warrant request. And First of all, it will be very difficult for the court to go back um, on their decision in the first case. And the evidence that the special prosecution have gathered so far will have to be really, you know, um, beyond above and beyond convincing for the judge to allow the arrest. But having said that, we also have much stronger evidence between um, Chesnishil and the president of collusion, right. you know, these 600 or so phone calls that they made to each other and just to each other over the course of whatever, how many months, you know, um, something like that. They called each other more day. often than you call your husband, I think, right? During a day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you look at the, you know, who benefited from all these dealings, and Samson continues to claim that. They were simply pressured and um, forced into making all these donations and payments. But it's difficult to see that they did this mm. without having, um, you know, benefited from the whole transaction. And the other thing is, it, you, the court, what they shouldn't do is look at each transaction as if it was a standing alone, a single transaction. It's a right. series of um very well, carefully planned maneuver that takes over some years in order for Mr. Lee to succeed his father, essentially mm-hmm. without having to pay huge, you know, taxes right. as a result of it. And so he was the sole, you know, single most um, uh, greatest beneficiary of the whole transaction. And if the court is willing to take this uh, you know, bigger bird's eye view of the entire um, saga, then we might have a greater chance. And I think there is a case um, that involved a um, a Navy admiral right. that the special prosecution team is relying on quite heavily mm-hmm. to sort of the STX uh, scandal. I think you're talking about, right? Right. STX, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Just. But, yeah. Just um, because I want to get to this last very important question, but just just one word answer. I know it's hard to put you on the spot like this, but your gut, yay or nay, do you think this arrest warrant gets accepted? It's a tough you know, question. For the sake of the rule of law yeah. in Korea, I hope the court um, accepts this arrest request right. or they allows this arrest warrant. Um, okay. If not, I think that really sets back our legal system, um, our pursuit of rule of law mm. next some years once again. 
I just also want to get your thoughts on this very important decision made by the Constitutional Court. They have indeed now set the final uh, date of the impeachment trial uh, on the 24th. This is after last witnesses called the 22nd of closing statements on the 23rd. This is deemed to be significant and really pushing the ball forward as to this uh, decision being made, at least by uh, the second week of March. Do you feel it was significant? I do, I do, um, because, you know, up until very recently, you really sort of had the feeling that the Constitutional Court was being um, essentially played by mm. uh, the defence team. Um, and now really, they've really drawn a line in the sand and said, look, you have to have put all your ducks in a row by this date. Um, we are not going to uh, continue to engage in these tactics and games. I guess the final card that the defence team might have up their sleeves is um, whether uh, the president right. uh, may appear herself before the court. But even then, I don't think it's going to really change the um, the dates much. And hopefully we'll have a judgment before the 13th of March. Yeah, and so uh, so many moving parts on various fronts. Uh, really difficult to keep track of what's going on. A lot of people will be waiting for that uh, court decision on E.J. Ong. Uh, Professor Cho, it's always a pleasure to have you despite your busy schedule. And we thank you very much and we hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Henry.